Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. messages it's helped my life and I hope it has helped you as we talk about kind of how we deal and how we um, handle life and our faith when the world around us seem a little crazy right when we look around and we're like things are just a little a little violent a little weird a little crazy people I don't know what's going on how do we handle and how do we deal with our faith and with God when that's happening and today we're wrapping up our series we are talking about Habakkuk chapter 3 it is the last chapter and I'm excited because I believe that as we leave church today that we are going to leave with faith new faith in our in our in our soul new faith in our lives new strength as we close down what Habakkuk uh, has told us and we're going to be reading out of Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 through 19 remember it's the last chapter it's the last few verses you can just follow along on your bibles check it out on the screen and as you go there, why don't you smile at the person next to you? I know they can't see your smile, but they can see your eyes. You know when someone's smiling at you? You know people squint when they smile, so just do a little squint at them. Do a little wink if they can't see your smile, but they know that you're, you're a friendly person. And excited about today. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. This is what it says. It says, Though the fig tree does not bud, And there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And I love these verses. These are probably the most well-known verses when people think about Habakkuk. They usually go to these last few verses. It's, it's verses that people use to, to, to stir up their faith, to be reminded about God's goodness. And I'm excited to share with you today about this thought that I've titled, From Worry to Faith. Why don't you say it with me? From Worry to Faith. Come on, you can do a little bit better. From Worry to Faith. That's right, we're going to talk about how we can go from worry to a life of faith. Before we get started, why don't we pray and ask God to be here with us. God, we are so grateful, Jesus, for this house. We are so grateful for the family surrounding us. We are so grateful, God, that you've allowed us to hear your word, to be here this morning, God, that there is air in our lungs, Jesus. And today we just ask you that you would speak to us a new word, a fresh word, God. Our hearts are open, our our eyes, our ears are open to hear from you, Jesus. We believe that today new strength will come into our lives, into our bones. We pray that today new faith, God, will invade our lives. That as we leave this place today, we will not be the same, God. But that even in this moment, you will do miracles. God, we want to hear your word. 
Because humans, we can't change anybody, but your word can change us. So we pray that today you do a transformation in our hearts and in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. I was watching a movie with Alex the other day. And the thing about movies is that I'm not a huge movie person. Anybody here love movies? I know there's people who absolutely love movies. Okay. Even before the pandemic, some people are like at the movie theater every week. Alex and I rarely ever would go to the movies. Rarely ever. Yes, I know. But, um, you know, every once in a while we'll watch a movie if, um, you know, somebody suggests to us. If somebody tells us this movie is incredible, you have to see it. It's amazing. Um, But I'm not a big movie person. And usually my type of movie will be... A mystery movie. It will be, um, you know, a movie that has a little bit of drama. A movie that's like a little, a psychological thriller, for example. You know, a little bit of action. I don't like romantic movies. I don't like romantic comedies. <laughs> I don't like what you call chick flicks. I just, I just don't. Just give me a little bit of drama. Give me a little bit of mystery, and I'm like, yes. Give me something. Um, Historic, something that happened in real life. And then maybe I'm like, okay. But um, this time, this movie we're watching, I was a little bit unsure about. But Alex just told me, come on, it's going to be amazing. It's great. You don't talk like that. I don't know why I'm talking like that. But being the good wife that I am, I said, fine. Fine, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. The thing about me is that I am a crier. I am. I'm a little sentimental. Especially if there's animals involved in the movie. You know, if the dog dies, I'm like ugly crying. And, and so what I try to do is that I try to avoid movies that will make me cry. So if it's something sad, if I already know where this is going, I'm like, listen, the world is crazy. I can turn on the news and I will cry. I don't need anything else to cry about. Like if I can save me some tears, I, I will. You know, so I was a little bit unsure about this movie. We started watching, sure enough, it's a little mysterious, it's a little bit crazy. And I, I did something that if you're, a, if you're a movie lover, you probably hate, and that is spoilers. Spoilers. Anybody like spoilers? Nobody? One person, two, three, okay. Oh, like four people, okay. Uh, the thing about spoilers is that, you know, it, it just helps me. It helps me. You know, Alex doesn't want to know about it, but I, I, I kind of need to know. Because I just don't want to go through all of this, and I don't want to cry, and I don't want to feel like this, and not know what's going to happen. So I googled the movie, and I started reading what was going to happen. I still, guys, I still enjoyed the movie. I was still, I was still, you know, feeling the tension and it was still, I I still got, you know, something out of the movie, but now I watched it with a different perspective. Now, maybe I saved myself a few tears because I know it's going to work out in the end. (laughs) It's going to be fine. (laughs) Listen, it helps my soul. I just need to know. And I, I believe that whether you like spoilers when it comes to movies or not, I believe that many times we wish we had some life spoilers about our own lives. Yeah. That when situations are going crazy, then when situations are just all over the place and you're in the middle of pain and you're in the middle of a difficult situation and you can't seem to figure out what's going to happen the next day and you can't get it together, that you wish you knew are things going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. That you wish you had that little life spoiler that will come and tell you, hey, this is going to last 
this long and then it's going to be okay. And then I promise you things will get better, but it doesn't usually happen that way. Sometimes we're going through life and we even begin to wonder, is, is God hearing me? Is God for me? And if God loves me and if God really, as he says in his word, cares about me and cares about my future, then why why is it that when I look around my life, it looks like there's nothing but destruction? Why is it that if God loves me and he hears me and he cares about me, that my marriage is still broken? That my kids are still far from God? That I'm still dealing with this illness, with this disease? Why is it that I'm still not able to find a job? Why is it that I'm still struggling to make ends meet? Why is it if God is good and he loves me and we wish that God could just tell us it's going to get better? And we wonder, is he really listening? Is he really there for us? And it's difficult to have faith when you look around and things are not going that well. Right? It's difficult to believe that there could be more for our lives. It's difficult to not quit in the moment. And I believe that the problem that we have is that lack of faith begins to settle in our lives when what we believe does not match what we see. Lack of faith sets in your heart, in my heart, when what I know about God, when I've read about God, when I've been told about God, it doesn't match my life. God is for you. He has a plan, a hope, and a future. How? How if I can't seem to get past this moment? How if I can't seem to get past today? How if I'm full of fear? How if I'm full of anxiety? How do I just do this? How do I believe? How do I have faith when what I see, it doesn't match who God says he is? How do I settle what I know about God when life seems unfair? You have ever thought life is unfair? And we think, um, God, I'm a good person. I, I, I don't do anything wrong, God. I, I go to church and I serve you and, and I try my best and I try to be the best person I can be. But yet here I am. Why is life so unfair to me? Why do I have to face this pain? Why did this person have to leave me, abandon me, break my heart? Why is it the life feels like this? What do we do when life seems unfair? I believe that when we choose, when we choose to trust God and what we choose to trust, what we know about God, then I believe that we will gain the strength that we need to get us through the now. Hear me when we choose, because so many times we're not going to want to. Many times it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. We got to choose to trust. Okay, this is what I know about God. And it sounds beautiful and it sounds great, but you may be saying, Diana, but how? Faith, how? Sometimes you go to church and sometimes somebody tells you, you just got to, you know, just cast your cares upon the Lord and he will give you peace. And you're like, how? But how? Because I would love to do that, but how? I really believe we got to see what faith really is in the definition. In Hebrews 11, it tells us that faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith is trusting that God will fulfill his promises even though there is no clear view that he's actually doing something. Faith is trusting for tomorrow what we can't see today. I can't see how tomorrow is going to get better. I can't see how you're going to fix this situation because it's impossible. 
Faith is trusting, not just the promise, but the one who made the promise. Faith is trusting, not just some words, but faith is trusting the God and the one that showed us, I am here for you. And I know you don't get it and I don't, you don't understand it, but trust that that which I said, it will happen. You may not see it. And guess what? You don't have to see it because even when you don't see me working, I am working. Even when you don't see me doing something in your life, I am there. Even when you don't see me around you, I am next to you. So how's this faith in action? Well, faith is when I, when I say, God, I, I don't know there's a future for me. I really don't know how tomorrow will look. I really don't know that you are good. Faith says... I believe like your word says that there is a plan and a future for my life. That you have thoughts of good and not of evil. And that's where I will put my trust in what you have said. Faith is saying even though I feel lonely. And even though I feel like I'm going through this situation by myself. Even though I feel like nobody understands me. Faith says even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil because you are with me. That is what faith does. It chooses to believe though I can't see in the moment. Faith is the one that tells you, even though I'm fearful because I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Even though I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through this situation. Faith chooses to believe that the lions may grow weak and hungry. But those who put their trust and seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Faith is a choice. It is not a feeling. Because we're not going to feel like trusting when life is hard. And when you've been crying your eyes out, you don't feel like trusting anything. Because how could you trust? But faith, faith is this God-centered perspective. Where we say, I'm going to look not to my problem, not to my issue. But I'm going to look to my God. And I'm going to look to what he is saying about my life and about my future. And this is exactly where Habakkuk finds himself. We've been going through this, and so um, we know that Habakkuk is a prophet. And usually, prophets will speak to the people on behalf of God. They would come to the people, and they would have a message from God. But Habakkuk, he doesn't tell the people the message. He actually just has a conversation with God. And, and we see in chapter 1 that Habakkuk starts this chapter with worry, with complaint, with anxiety, he's looking around him and he says, God, this doesn't make sense. How could this be? How, if you are good, could this be happening in the land? How, if you are good, could people be so evil? How, if you are good, are you not have taken care of this situation before? And so Habakkuk goes to God and he says, I need you to figure this out because look at the people. They've turned their backs on you. Look at what they're doing. Look at the way they're living their lives. What are you going to do about it? And he confronts God. And he tells him, if you're a God and if you are so good, what are you going to do about this? you got to fix this. Sometimes we, we talk to God in this way. And it's okay. We've talked about it. We can go to God and we can have a conversation with God. And we can tell him our fears, our anxiety, our problems. And it's okay. But then God, God answers him. And God tells him, don't worry. I have a great idea. And Habakkuk is probably so excited. He's like... Tell me more, God. What's your idea? It must be great. You are God after all. And he says, you remember the Babylonians? And Habakkuk is like, yeah. Those evil people. 
wicked people, violent people, those, those, those people that don't care about anybody else, those people that steal and take and destroy those people? God says, yeah, those people, you remember them? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use them to bring judgment on my people and fix things. But, but, but they're worse than, than what I'm telling you. How, how are you, you going to do this? I don't understand. And, and Habakkuk understands for a second that, okay, what this means is that I'm going to have to see my people go through a situation. I'm going to have to witness some destruction. And I don't get it. How is this an answer? And he complains to God and he doesn't understand. He's worried. He complains. And then we find ourselves in chapter 2. And after Habakkuk complains yet again, God tells him, I will give you a vision about what's to come. I will give you a vision about the future. And Habakkuk goes into a high tower and he says that he will wait and watch and wait for the answer. And we learned about waiting on God. And even while we're waiting on on God and we think things are not happening, God is still working in our lives. A waiting season is not a wasted season is what we learn. And so he's waiting. And God tells him, Habakkuk, get the tablets, get the little thing, and start writing. <laughs> What's that little thing called? <laughs> Chisel. There you go. That. And start writing because I'm going to give you a vision that's going to change your life. Habakkuk says, I'm ready. So God begins to tell him how he's going to use the Babylonians, but he doesn't have to worry because in due time, at the right time, he will take care of them. He will confront evil. So he reassures Habakkuk, I I know it's going to get difficult, but, and it may seem slow in coming, but it will get here the day where I will also judge the Babylonians because of what they have done. So don't worry, because at the end of the day, things will work out. Habakkuk just got a spoiler. (laughs) Right when he needed one. He was like, I don't get it and I don't like it. I'm still going to have to go through this situation, but I know. It's going to work out at the end. I know. Things are going to get figured out. I know. You're God. I think some of us just have a little bit of control issues, myself included. We want to know what's next because we think that when we know, we can prepare. Come on. If you tell me what's going to happen, it could be terrible. terrible, But like the movie, I, I know what's coming. I got this. I got this. But the reality is that control is nothing more than an illusion. Because we have control over nothing, but God is always in control. And then now, we find ourselves in chapter 3, and and, and Habakkuk has this change of heart. He has this change of attitude. He goes from complaint, to worry, to anxiety, to now he's like, okay, I got an answer. And now, Habakkuk finds himself in a place of worship, praise, and faith. How did he get here? How in three chapters did he go from completely just lost, wandering to a person that had faith? I think we got to understand the setting of this chapter. Habakkuk starts this chapter and he writes this, this chapter as a prayer. As a prayer. And it's not just a prayer. It's written in the same way the Psalms were written. And it was meant to be a prayer that could be song. It was a song. We read in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 1. It says a prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet on Shijanoth. Shijanoth. Can you say that with me? Shijanoth. You're not saying a bad word. It's, it's in the Bible. It's okay. Shijanoth. Shijanoth. And it's important that we understand the framework of this. So that we understand 
exactly Habakkuk's heart. And so, Shijanoth, this word refers to saying a song or a psalm. It's an instruction to a congregation as to how something should be sang. The definition, it says that it means to praise with strong emotion and impassioned triumph. Wild, passionate singing and enthusiasm. So Habakkuk is not just praying, praying. He's not just whispering a prayer, God, and you're so good. He's not just praying loud. He is singing and he is worshiping. And he is saying, my heart is in this. I'm going to sing this with triumph. I'm going to sing this with passion. Even though I don't see it yet. Even though the promise hasn't gotten here yet. I'm going to sing this prayer to God because I believe he is good. And now that I understand and that I know things will get better, I know that even in the middle I can worship God with passion and with strength. And he begins to recall how God had saved his people in the past. This is his prayer. He says, God, I remember when you saved my people. God, I remember when you did this miracle. God, I remember what you have done. And because I remember and I know you are in control, I can have faith. Because I know what you're going to do. I can have faith. And so how does he go from from worry to faith, to worship, where I think he really understands what God said in chapter 2, that the righteous will live by faith. They will live by faith. So how do we do this in a practical way? I believe that as we look at his life, and as we look at this chapter, we can get a few things that can help us get this faith in a practical way. I believe that the first thing we need to do is that we need to remember. Say remember. Remember. The goodness of God in our lives. Remember the goodness of God through our history. We've got history. We know what's happened already. And we, we've got the spoiler. Everything will work out at the end. The thing about us is that, you know, we are forgetful people. I'm a, I'm a forgetful person. I forget my keys, my phone, my wallet, my mask. I forget everything. You don't want to get Alex started on this topic because I I forget everything. We're already five minutes after we've left the house. I left my phone. And he hates this because we got to go back for my phone. And we got to go back for whatever else I left. We are forgetful people. You know what's interesting? That humans, we we tend to remember the bad easier than we remember the good. We remember the pain. We remember what that person did to us. We remember the offense. We remember how that person made me feel. Oh, I remember what the person did to me three years ago. And I think about it every single day (laughs) until I see God bring judgment upon that person because I need to repent. (laughs) We remember the pain. We remember the situation. We remember where we were standing, sitting when we got that call. We remember the bad, but how often do we remember the good? How often do we bring back to our memory what God has done in our lives? It's time that we begin to remember because remembering will give us hope for tomorrow. And we see it in the Bible. We see that when God took his people out of Egypt, they literally saw God do miracles. In front of their eyes, they witness God's hand and miracles firsthand. Yeah. And as they were leaving, they witnessed the Red Sea 
part and they were able to walk through it onto safety. And then they turned back and they saw their enemies just being completely wiped out. They saw God do some, do some crazy, incredible things. But yet the moment they got to the other side and the moment that things got a little bit tough, what did they do? They complained. And they said, God, you should have left us in Egypt. God, you should have left us in that place where we were slaves, that place where we were being beat every single day, that place. You should have left us this because we forgot. They forgot what they had just witnessed God do for them. And they kept going and God kept providing for them food, water, everything that they needed God provided. But every single moment things got tough, they forgot. They forgot about his goodness. They rebelled. And that's the reason why they ended up staying 40 years in the desert. Because they forgot. They were going around in circles. So God is saying, do not forget what I have done. Do not forget. We look at that and we go, how dare those people If I would have seen God do that, if I would have seen the ocean, the sea part in front of me, I would have never, ever forgotten that. But yet you forgot the last time that Jesus came through for you. And you forgot the last time you didn't know how you were going to pay that bill, but God made it happen somehow. And you forgot the last time that you thought you couldn't go another day, but yet he gave you strength for that day. We're just the same kind of people. And I love that verse 2 in chapter 3. This is what Habakkuk says. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. I love this because what he's saying is it's not just okay or good to remember. I, I want to meditate on this. It's an invitation for us not to just to remember what God has done, but meditate on what God has done. Stand. Take a step back and look and stand in awe of what God has done. God, you did this. As I was preparing for this message, I was sitting on my dining table and I got to this part and I took a moment to remember. And I'm a crier. I was ugly crying after three minutes. But you know what? I I chose not to just say, God, you did good things, but I chose to sit there and and say, God, God, I remember. God, I remember when I was younger and my mom and I, we didn't have money to pay the electric bill. And I, and I remember that that would happen quite often because we couldn't make, make ends meet. And I remember, I remember the struggle, God. But God, I remember that month after month, you made it happen. I remember that month after month, we walked into our house and there was always light. I remember that word that, whether that would have been by getting an extension, pay here, paying a little bit tomorrow, I'll pay you. God always made it happen. I remember. I remember the times that we were wondering, is food going to last us till the end of the week? Is food going to last till the next paycheck? And I remember our great meals we used to have together, white rice and some fried eggs, because there was nothing else, but they were the best. Because I remembered, God, that even in the middle of the struggle, I remember I never went hungry. I remember your goodness, God, and that gives me hope for tomorrow. I remember you are faithful, and I remember that the presence of struggle doesn't mean the absence of your goodness. I remember. I remember when we couldn't pay rent anymore. I remember that eviction notice. I remember having our clothes in the trunk of our car. I remember 
not knowing where we were going to spend the night because we had no family, no one here. But I remember, God, I remember your goodness. God, I remember that in the middle of trouble, that in the middle of fear, that in the middle of anxiety, God, I remember that there was always a roof over our heads. I remember your goodness. And I don't want to just talk about it passively. I want to meditate on your goodness because as I do, faith will stir up inside of me. Faith will be birthed within me when I remember. I wonder what God has done for you. Can you remember? Can you remember that moment you thought everything was over? Can you remember? Can you remember that God came through and that God has you here today? And that life may not be perfect, but you are still here because God isn't done with you. Remember. I love this verse, Lamentations 3.19. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind and therefore I had hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Deuteronomy 4 now says, only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Remember, remember it in prayer. Remember as a discipline. Remember when you begin to lose hope, remember and meditate in the goodness of God in your own life and what the Bible and what the word of God tells us. Remember. Because this will build up faith and not just remembering, but embracing. We need to embrace. Embrace what God is doing. Embrace his plan. Habakkuk thought the enemy was winning and they were. He knew things were going to get worse before they got better, but he chose to embrace the process. And more than embracing the process, he chose to embrace. He chose to embrace God. In verse 16, it says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. He was scared. I love how I can have this picture in my mind when you're so scared, so afraid that your, your knees shake a little bit. And you can barely hold yourself up. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation before, but it says his heart was pounding. He was so scared. He was so fearful. He was so afraid. But he says, yet I, yet I will wait patiently. Yet I will wait patiently for what you are going to do. It says, I choose, he chooses to embrace his God. And to embrace is to hold someone close, like, like a hug, right? To embrace someone in your arms is to accept something. And sometimes we embrace situations uh, and we're happy about embracing the situation. Well, like, I love this. I'm going to embrace this. But sometimes we're embracing because we're holding on to dear life. Over our Christmas break, Alex and I went four-wheeling. And he told you the story about Columbia and whatnot. This wasn't any kind of four-wheeling. This was like the jungle. This was like something unlike I've ever seen. I'm not exaggerating. It was, it was crazy. There was ditches and things. And you thought you were going to flip over. And because I, I want to have control... I was trying to hold on to everything else. And quickly I realized I needed to embrace the one that was driving. I just needed to go from trying to hold on to everything around me, because I was going to fall off that thing, to just turning around and embracing Alex. 
You know what? I'm going to trust you because you're not falling. I'm going to trust you because you're the one that sees. I'm going to trust you because you're the one that knows where you. God wants you to embrace him that way. To embrace him and say, God, I don't know what you are doing. I don't know what your plan is in this situation. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I'm holding on to dear life. And I'm scared. And things can get bumpy and shaky. It's going to be a little bit crazy. But I'm holding on to you because I trust you. And I know that for as long as I'm holding on to you, I will be safe because you are my safe refuge. You are my safe refuge. Things are going to happen anyways. You might as well be holding on to God. Life happens to the just and the unjust alike. You better be holding on to the one that can make things right. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is a promise God completes his projects. God completes what he started. And it reminds me of Philippians 1. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Embrace. Embrace God in the process. Life is going to happen, but as you embrace him, you're going to get new perspective. As you embrace him, things will slowly continue to get better. You are safe in the arms of your Savior. So not only remember, embrace but we can, we can praise. Because he remembered and he embraced, he was able now to praise. Verse 17 says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and be joyful in God my Savior. That verse can only come from a heart, from a person who's been on a journey with God. We praise God on the mountaintop and we shout of his goodness but we get to know his character in the valley we get to know the goodness of God in the valley it's like when they tell you wait till things get tough and see who's still around you well God's always around you and it is in the valley when you feel like you're lonely and forgotten where God shows up and says I'm still here and we get to work out this relationship that we have with him and his goodness and this word here the rejoice word in Hebrew, it literally, it literally means jump for joy. So he wasn't just praising, he was jumping for joy. How do you jump for joy when things are hard? How do you jump for joy when your situations are still happening? How do you jump for joy when you know it's going to get worse before it gets better? How do you do this? How do you do this? Well, because he wasn't looking at the now, he was looking at tomorrow. He wasn't looking at his problem, he chose to look at his Savior. As I praise, I will be strengthened. As I praise, I will begin to remind my soul of who he is. And this is my favorite part. It says that God, the Lord is his strength and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. A deer is a short-footed animal. He can climb rocky hills where any of us would fall. The deer will climb with no problem. And this is God's promise for you. That as you trust him, as you remember, as you embrace, as you choose to trust him, he will make sure that even on rocky ground, you can still continue to go up to new heights. You can still continue to go up to the mountaintop where he's going to show you a new perspective. When we trust him, he's going to show you and I, there's much more for your life. All you got to do is trust me. All you got to do is trust me. Can we stand to our feet this morning? I want to 
pray for some of us this morning as we close. Because I really believe that life happens to all of us. And I don't know what your situation you may be facing right now. And I don't know what things you need to begin to remember in your life. Maybe today is the day where you say, God, I, I will remember. I'm going to embrace. I know. I know I'm safe in your arms. And today we can praise together. Because spoiler, you already promised that if I accept you, if I invite you, that I will spend eternity with you. That you will wipe away every tear. That every promise is mine in Jesus. Spoiler, things are going to work out and make it a little bumpy at times. Things are going to work out. And so now it gives us faith and perspective. I want to pray for you. Why don't you close your eyes in this moment. If, if you're saying, Diana, I, I need new strength. I need renewed strength in my heart, my soul, my bones. I need to begin to remember. I want to pray for you wherever you find yourself today. Whether in the middle of a situation or maybe you're already praising because God has been good this season of your life. I want to pray for us today. God, we are so grateful, Jesus. For every promise that we have in you. For the security that we have in you. That we are sure, God. That once we welcome you, that when we put our trust in you, we will be safe, God. We begin to remember, Jesus, everything you've done for us. God, we are so grateful today. We have a heart of gratitude this morning as we remember that you provide. As we remember, God, that you continuously strengthen us, God. As we remember that day after day you meet our needs. As we remember that even when we don't know how we're going to make it, God, there's always a way, Jesus. You always make a way where there seems to be no way. God, you show up time and time again. And so in this moment, God, we remember your goodness. We bring it to our minds, God, and we embrace the plan that you have for our life, Jesus. We are holding on to you, and that is the promise that as we leave this place today, we are holding on to you, God, not to our problem, not to our situation, Jesus, but we are holding on to you because we are safe, we are secure, you are a safe refuge, Jesus, and we thank you for that. And we just give you praise, God. This morning, we're going to jump for joy because you are good. Because you are for us. That even though I don't see it yet, I would know that your promises for my life are yes and amen. God, I pray for every single person in this moment. God, whether they're watching online or here, God, that faith will be stirred in our souls. That faith will be stirred in our spirits, God. That as we leave today, God, we will be completely transformed. And we will be looking at our lives, God. Through a God lens and a God perspective, Jesus. We're so grateful, God. Grateful for your plan and who you are. I'm going to take a moment with every eye still closed. Every head bowed. If you're in this place and you have never given your life to Jesus. If you're saying, Diana, I've been through some things. And I remember the bad things that have happened. And I still can remember the pain. Maybe you're in the middle of a painful situation right now. And you can't seem to forget certain things in your life. If you're here and you say, Diana, I... I need faith. I need hope. I need to know that there's more for my life. I feel lonely. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity today. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and for me. You and I, were sinners. We are not perfect. And, and Jesus paid that price for you and I so that we can be secure in eternity with Jesus. And he's here today and he's saying you, there's more for your life. You, you, you can trust me. 
I know maybe you haven't been able to trust people around you, but you can trust me today. That when you say yes to me, that when you accept me as your savior, I will begin to show you the way. That you've got a savior, a friend, a father in me. So in a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And if you need a change in your life, if you're saying, Diana, I'm tired of trying to control everything on my own. I need help. I need Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand quickly. I just want to um, acknowledge you. So if that's you, even if you're watching online, raise your hand there where you are. God sees you. That's you if you're saying, I, I need Jesus. I need faith. I need strength in my life. I need hope for the future. At the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus sees you. God bless you. I'm going to say a prayer and this is just a prayer of invitation. And this is just me making this a little bit easier for you this next step. And I just want you to repeat after me and the whole church is going to pray this with you. Why don't you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for taking my place on the cross. I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for my sins and that you resurrected come into my life make me new give me new faith and give me new strength in Jesus name amen and amen come on can we celebrate thank you if you raise your hand this morning I want to congratulate you for the best decision of your life literally of your life and if you made the decision online God sees you and we have a gift for you it is absolutely free. It is a Bible that we want to get in your hands because, again, this is going to help you in the journey. This is going to help you figure out everything that God has for you and who he is. So pick it up after service, outside, and if you're online, you can just text us and we will send a Bible to you. And the rest of us, are you guys doing good? Yeah. Yes. I hope that as we finish with the book of Habakkuk that you really have some faith beginning to stir up within you. And our prayer is that you remember this, not just on Sunday, but you take this with you every day as you go. And here's what we're gonna do now. We talked about rejoicing in God, where we can put it to practice right now. Do you remember Shujanoff jumping for praise? Well, this is our chance to jump for praise as we say goodbye. Love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Let's praise Jesus. Come on.